Welcome back to another exciting episode of Not Playing with Lex and Dan. I'm Dan. I'm Lex. He's Lex. It's true. Uh, And we're here in the midst of season three of Not Playing, in which we cover the entire, to date, Star Wars saga. And yeah, Lex, um, we are past the halfway point. We are into the original trilogy. And tonight's movie is The Empire Strikes Back, also sometimes called Episode 5. But initially, the Empire Strikes Back. Yes, yes, we are. the um, The thing that I'm excited about is that my friend and yours, John Moltz, told me that this is the best of all the movies. John is not wrong, and you know how it pains me to say that. Yes, I do. Uh, so I'm excited by that. Like, how bad could that be then? Uh, if it's his favorite, I have several thoughts. Okay. Number one is, I. I've noted that none of these movies do it previously on Star Wars, <laughs> and they're just assuming you know it. And I was trying to remember, because it's been like a week since we watched the last one, and I think you even sent me a clip showing the, the final <laughs> battle from episode four to rewatch, which I watched most of. Before the Death Star blows up, courtesy of Luke, Darth Vader, whom Obi-Wan calls Darth, but we're going to retcon that and ignore it. He uh, he has left and is in a small ship that he's trying to use to mess with Luke and prevent this from happening. So it's I know that Darth Vader is a continuing force throughout these other movies. So he clearly he escaped fairly unscathed from the Death Star blow up situation, right? Yes, yeah. that's what you, I can, you can assume that from from what we've seen. So here are my assumptions. Okay, it's got to have an unhappy ending, right? Because this is the Empire striking back, and the Jedi return is not until Episode Six. So I think this one's going to have an unhappy ending. I think the bad guys win. <laughs> okay. I don't know for sure, but I am. <laughs> I just know how dumb I sound to all Star Wars fans. <laughs> I know at some point Han Solo is going to get frozen, I guess, in carbonite. I was thinking maybe that happens at the end of this one, and then you thaw him out in the next one. I don't really know. But that seemed like it made sense. But so, okay. So I have confirmed my biggest question, which was Darth Vader did successfully escape. I mean, I knew he had to, but I just wanted to make sure that we saw that. And we did, because he was in the other little ship. He was in a little TIE fighter and he flew away. Yeah. Okay. Saying, curses foiled again. (laughs) Would have gotten away with it. It wasn't for that (laughs) flaw in the Death Star. That's about it. So I I guess that uh, Lord Vader is very unhappy, Mm -hmm. you know, because they blew up his Death Star. Oh, yeah. I'm wondering, like, hey is he thinking i'm gonna build an even deathier star now like is there a new weapon like dr evil style like now i have the double death star that kills two planets in a single blaze the like i don't double know double death star that's a great uh that's my local ice cream shop offers a double death star it's pretty good <laughs> but i was guessing that maybe there's something along, like he's got to have a new weapon right otherwise what is he even doing with his life what is he doing with his life he asks himself that all the time <laughs> What am I doing with my life? <laughs> that was my terrible Darth Vader. That was pretty good. No. Nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, doesn't that almost seem like an entirely different series of movies now? Yes. I, <laughs> I mean, at least I understand what's happening. Empire, oh, good. I, Dan, I was nervous because for a minute I could not find the movie we're watching. 
That would have been uh, bad. On my computer. That would have been bad. But I found it. So okay. we're good. My stress level has decreased a bit. Excellent. But so I really don't, I, I don't know if carbonate's this one or the next one. I assume it has to be this one because if you get frozen carbonate, you have to get thawed and it doesn't make sense for him to be frozen and thawed all in the last movie. So I'm guessing that happens now. I think that maybe this is the time when Luke and Leia have to discover their siblings so that, I mean, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. So that um, Luke can fall. I'm sorry, not Luke. <laughs> That'd be a different movie. So that Leia can fall in love with Han Solo at some point. I'm I'm guessing that happens now, but I don't really know. I assume we don't find out that Darth Vader is Luke's father until episode six. That's okay. my guess. All right. All right, so that's all I guess. Did you have more questions, or did you just was that the was the Darth Vader fate your only major question? Right. Darth, did did we see anybody else survive of uh the what do you call them? the bad guys <laughs> the dark side the the empire that's the in empire. the name right. of this oh, movie? Oh, the empire that's going to strike back. <laughs> do we see anybody else escape from the empire? I don't believe so, uh, because they're pretty much all on the Death Star, or at least you know that that's not the entirety of the empire. Obviously, that is merely right. one one part of the empire but nobody on the death star really seems to have made it out okay okay so i fear for them all you've seen the last of governor tarkin i will confirm that mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. gone uh may he rest in pieces uh, <laughs> many so. many small pieces yeah but i uh, other than that i i don't even I, oh so hang on yoda was not in the one we just watched she was not in the original star wars so he's got to be in this one okay Probably in Dagobah. <laughs> Thanks, Al. <laughs> and then... You're welcome, Lex. Sorry, I can't do an Al. <laughs> oh, my English gosh, voice. he's here. <laughs> and then, okay, so Yoda's got to show up. And I'm trying to think if there's any... That's pretty good. We I don't mean, even need to really watch this movie anymore. We, we've, already, yeah, <laughs> yeah. we've already met Chewbacca. He'll be back. R2-D2 and C3. Like, all the characters I know will be back. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else who I haven't met who's like an iconic character who's going to be introduced. I don't know. I don't think... So Chewbacca is a Wookiee. I don't think I'm going to meet the Ewoks, which in my mind is really just saying the word Wookiee backwards. I don't think we're going to miss or syllabically backwards, but I don't think we're going to meet the Ewoks until the next one. That's my belief. Okay. But that's all I got. I'm, so I'm out. I'm out. I got, I got nothing else. That's, I don't know what's going to happen. You've expended it. I know the Empire is really mad and they are coming for you, Luke Skywalker. Not me, because I'm yeah. an actual person. This is fiction. But... But Luke's going to escape. Don't worry. He's going to be fine. Oh, Han Woo. might be in a little trouble, but Luke is going to be fine. Okay. All right. Oh, I don't know if this is when Jabba the Hutt has uh, Princess Leia in the prison bikini situation. <gasps> I enjoyed that you're just like pulling out like every single stop of whatever you know. This is I don't know. It's good. No, it's great. It's great. I, the fewer movies left, the likelier it is the scenes I know that haven't happened will come this up. This is true. This is true. Your odds are getting better as you go. Yeah. Yeah. They are ever in my favor. I've seen all three of those movies. <laughs> And yet not these. How weird. Hey, I've seen more than half of the Star Wars <laughs> movies now. That's true. That's true. I can't make fun of you for that anymore after we're done with this show. And that seems... It's a little sad for me, really. I think it's worth acknowledging to our listeners that we watched one of the movies on May the 4th. And we're watching this one on the 40th anniversary of the original Star Wars release. This is true. It is it is May 25th as we watch this, 2017. The 40th anniversary of the release of the original Star Wars. We are just... Uh, four days after, I believe, the, um, what would be, I guess, the 37th anniversary of this movie, which came out on May 20th. <laughs> it's older 21st. than I am. Yeah. Yeah, and it's slightly younger than me. It came out right between us. That's, nice. That's right. The, uh, like our 
unfound twin brother. The <laughs> our unfound twin brother was somehow born in the six months between us. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> to different mothers. It was very bizarre. One note, um, I was talking again to our friend John Moltz, and he was like, well, you're so soon I'll be all cut up until the new Star Wars movie comes out in December. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, imagine if it took me 40 years to see that one. <laughs> Uh, I will be uh, 76 if I wait that long to Never watch. Or no, 77. Episode eight. Perhaps yeah. we'll do, this is not playing yeah. with Lex and Dave. Yes, season 74 of not playing with Lex and Dave. It's on in virtual reality now. <laughs> let's, so, uh, let's avoid Hopefully that. I won't wait that long. Well, well, maybe we'll come back because uh, it's Christmas time. Maybe we'll come back for a holiday <laughs> special. Not that holiday gonna, special. Are we going to record it in the movie theater? Yeah, you and I are going to get up. Well, you have a movie theater. I'll come down. Wait. We'll watch a private movie. Dan, I think we should do the holiday special. I think once we're done with The Force Awakens, we I've should do the I've only seen special. the holiday special once, and I cannot recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll talk about it. All right. We'll let the listeners discuss. vote. Yeah, the listeners will be able to decide what we'll do for our, our special holiday episode. <laughs> Well, I'm excited to watch it. If it's everybody's favorite or if it's many people's favorite, that's a good thing. Oh, I guess it can't have a terrible ending. If I'm worried so about I'm favorite. worried about the hype now. This is this has got me yeah. worried. Because I yeah. feel like now your now your expectations are too high. You know, earlier today I listened to an episode of the podcast I was there too where uh Peter Mayhew was interviewed. Uh for the uninformed, he he plays uh Chewbacca in the Star Wars films. I did not know that. And, that's um, interesting. Uh the interviewer, who is not the regular host of that podcast, but a guest uh ben blacker was actually the host peter was saying to to ben um when i first saw this when he's, so he's like you know my my agent tells me you know here's a script for a movie called star wars and ben's like well when you heard the name star wars what'd you think And he's like nothing it wasn't a thing yet <laughs> like i didn't think anything <laughs> um i thought you know it sounds kind of like you know like a like a b movie you know it sounds, sounds like a you know it sounds kind of like a b movie and ben's like you know it kind of is a b movie <laughs> and peter took a tiny bit of offense to that which was great in podcast form but i was like you know it kind of was like it did feel sure, despite absolutely. the fact that it was a big budget movie it did feel like a low budget movie all the same and i don't think that's just the the time difference and you know the fact that you can see it but it, it felt scrappy so i don't know if this one still will or if now we're going to see like lusher effects and budget because the first one had been a smash hit by this point well keep in mind it is 1980 and they've established some you know uh, uh star wars has gone on to break many records etc so that may influence some stuff okay all right um well we will get get down to business and watch this movie so if you're listening along we'll be back in a few moments to talk about the empire strikes back of course <laughs> before we do we have to at least implore you beg you urge you to, if you're not already, become a member at The Incomparable so that you can listen along with us as we watch the movie itself. Because there's really no substitute for having Lex and I whisper sweet nothings into your ear as you enjoy the dulcet tones of The Empire Strikes Back. We mostly just make jokes about things the characters say. <laughs> That's the majority of it. Anyway, if you would like to sign up, just go to theincomparable.com slash members, choose your membership level, and um, throw a little money towards not playing with Lex and Dan, because we're your friends. And we're Lex and Dan. And most importantly, we're Lex and Dan. Thanks. Enjoy the show. All right, Lex. Yes? That was The Empire Strikes Back. How you feeling? Well, Dan. <laughs> oh boy, that was a that was a long pause. Uh, I don't. I. I let's start before we get into uh, analysis. I don't understand what just happened at the end there. <laughs> you don't understand what happened at the end there. 
No. So I, where they were versus like, what ship did we just see them on? <laughs> you have a lot of trouble with ships. I notice ships and planets are not. I do. I can't tell them apart. They they look completely different. Yeah. That was the rebel fleet. But so, okay. So all right. Well, I would say so far, <laughs> uh, not my favorite. Wow. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I I it felt longer than necessary to me, but I feel like I didn't quite follow the ending there. Okay. So so, so, so talk me through it. All right. So if if we start from the beginning. And I promise, dear listener, I won't go through the whole thing, but we're hiding out on ice planet land because we are rebels and we don't want to get found by the, the, the bad guys who are called the, the Imperial Empire. forces. The Empire. The, Empire, the ones who are striking Sorry, back. There we go. Not- <laughs> but then uh, the Empire finds us. And because Lucas had this vision, he decides, I'm going to escape out to Dagobah and meet Yoda. And the others are just like, get the hell out. Then... Han decides to go visit his friend Lando. Meanwhile, Luke has been getting trained by Yoda. Uh, it turns out that Lando has been turned by the Empire just before Han got there. So he's handing them over to Darth Vader. Darth Vader wants to entrap Luke. So he keeps them all there. And Luke decides obstinately, I'm going to go and rescue my friends, even though Yoda and dead Obi-Wan are telling him, don't do that. You're not ready. And they're like, you should sacrifice your friends. And Luke's like, I don't want to. So he goes and he wreaks a little bit of havoc. He finds out from Darth Vader that Darth Vader's his dad, which was shocking to me. I had no idea that was coming. <laughs> uh, he loses his hand, not in that order. And this is when I start to have less understanding of what happens. <laughs> so so uh, he, he escapes effectively from dad and uses telepathy to tell leia to come rescue him which they do meanwhile i have skipped han getting frozen uh in the carbonite situation carbonite situation was a very bad band in the 90s so leia comes to rescue him successfully i guess and then they go to another rebel ship because the they're on the the repaired millennium falcon right yes but they leave that ship and go to another place? The, the, the Falcon was... Do- they go join... Remember at the beginning of the movie, ever, all the rest of the rebels who ran away from Hoth were meeting up at a rendezvous. Okay. And so they basically met up with the rest of the rebel fleet that escaped from Hoth. Okay. And so Lando and Chewie took the Falcon because they're going back to try and get Han from Jabba the Hutt, who was on Tatooine. But we didn't see Jabba the Hutt in this one. No. That we just saw we just saw okay. Lando at the end. Lando to be like, we're gonna go get him, and we're gonna meet up with you when like you know you're feeling up to it. Luke's like, yep, I'm gonna, I'll meet you there. We're gonna meet up at Jabba the Hut and uh, yes, in Tatooine. Okay. Yes, yeah, that's where they're they're going. They're they're sort of staging a plan now, but this is we haven't gotten there yet. Okay, so I feel like I got a lot of it. Yeah, I, I feel the like, ending I got a little flustered. That's fine. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of moving pieces there at the end. So okay, I, here are the problems that I had. Here's why I would say that it, it didn't surpass new hope for me okay and it could very easily just be because i'm dumb about these movies right and i just I, I don't have a big knowledge base even after having seen many of them now but first i as you heard me discuss with you i was really not a fan of the uh tauntauns they really took me out of it in the very beginning because <laughs> uh, they look like shit shit um <laughs> well 1980s stop motion technology you do what you can yeah but then i it's. I know who I'm supposed to root for, 
But most things that end up going wrong here feel like they're their fault for making terribly dumb choices. (laughs) Such as? Well, Luke should listen. Like, it's really, it's, I mean, I get it. And it's the story the movie wants to tell. And I think it's probably, I think this is probably worse in the order I've seen the movies. Because I've already seen this story. I've seen the story of... I mean, obviously it goes a different direction, but of Jedi who thinks he knows better than his Jedi master, Mm. ignoring their advice, and then bad things happening. Now, in Anakin's case, much worse things end up happening, I guess you could say overall, but it's like, I've already seen the story of the Jedi who won't listen, and it's like, because I've seen all these in this world, I'm like, dude, just listen, they're smarter than you, and so it's really annoying that he doesn't. Like, I was was fairly certain that he was going to listen, like, oh, man, I'll wait, and and they were going to stay alive. No, it's like, nope, okay, screw you, I'm going, and I found that kind of infuriating. Well, I mean, it is is set up for his character, though, right? I mean, the whole point of him is he is reckless, and he does not pay attention and that he does not get rewarded for that right like him not going arguably would have been much safer right because he was punished handily for this oh yeah indeed his hand was punished yeah and then as you had as we had acknowledged kind of before i saw this one the lack of any drama to i mean there's the drama of luke discovering it but i already knew what luke didn't know yeah um set aside the fact that i knew from popular culture like i just knew from the order so sure like, that's that, that really like that is one of the things that pisses me off the most about the prequels is that they they just ruin it they, there's no way you can see the prequels but, and see these and, what, and get any right. suspense out of that do you feel like they had any option yeah i do i i think there's a way to do it and i've, I've said this before and i maybe have not done a great job of explaining it but i think there's a way in which you could conceal anakin's identity and in some oh, right. way, you like having him way. be Darth yeah. Vader, but like Darth Vader wearing the mask to conceal his identity rather than because he's, you know, half robot or whatever, right? Like, so I think there is a, I think there's a better way that they could have handled that. And and so much of that, those movies are mishandled as it, as it is that I don't think you would have really made it worse. Right. Okay. It's hard for me to identify why I didn't like it as much, but I didn't. <laughs> Where would you where would you rank it so far of the movies uh, you've seen? Oh, I mean, I guess third. Okay, so, so behind would, Rogue One. Yeah, okay. I would put Rogue One in second. Rogue One, I actually probably episode four helped me appreciate Rogue One more because mm. Rogue One left me feeling super prepared to understand what the deal was with <laughs> A New Hope. I like that. I like the handholding. It's like a preparatory course. Yes. Yes. It was. It was previously in episode four. Like that's that's what I need. And I mean, this the plot wasn't super complicated, but I was just I was I was mostly annoyed by everybody. As I told you while we were watching, like I thought all of the men were kind of jerks in this movie. Everybody leering at uh, Carrie makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> Whether they're siblings or near complete strangers or future love interests, uh, they just they all do it. And I just found that kind of obnoxious. That's fair. And it doesn't have a hero's journey, right? <laughs> I mean, the I, your your most successful hero is maybe Chewbacca, who also seemed largely incompetent at the ship fixing situation. <laughs> like he really sucked at it before they even left that planet, and he was like. He kept getting yelled at by him. I don't know. There's just, nothing great happened. I think that's my problem. Okay. All right. That's a little rough. Yoda. I liked Yoda. I mean, Yoda is great. And, you know, as we discussed during the commentary, the puppet version of Yoda is vastly superior to the CGI vastly version of superior. Yoda. You know, despite the obvious limitations of being a puppet, 
So he was a highlight for me. I mean, I think despite yeah, despite the limitations of being a puppet, there he's are much more expressive. And there are much there are scenes where I forget. Like there are scenes where I buy into it like enough that I just put it in the back of my mind and don't really worry about the fact that he's a puppet because he is so expressive and because I think large, you know, a lot of credit to Mark Hamill there because he plays off him like he's a real person. Yes, he he definitely does. And it's edited very well. I will tell you Little known fact about Lex Treatment, I happen to love puppets. Like, I love. <laughs> this this surprises in me in no way for some reason. Yeah. There is literally a puppet right next to me in this office right now. That worries me. You should be careful. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where it came from. Um, but no, I mean, it was so expressive. There was a moment, I can't remember where. I, I don't remember exactly what had happened, but oh, it's when. <laughs> when luke loses his focus while he's basically being the cat in the hat and balancing 17 things on himself at once and yoda's gonna fly off of luke's head and there's just this quick close-up of yoda's eyes going wide and it was just so expressive and wonderful i really enjoyed that so yoda was definitely high for me it's always the scene and because i think they do a nice job here like he's been he's been goofing around right he's testing luke sort of at the beginning when he meets him and he is talking to Obi-Wan now about training him. And there's a scene where he's like, he's just talking to Obi-Wan. Like he's right there. Like Luke's right there, but he's talking about him. Like he's not even there. And then he turns and faces Luke and he says, in perfect grammar, you are reckless. And I love that scene always gets me because it's like, I have been screwing with you up to this point just to see like, how would you treat a like crazy stranger? (laughs) And you failed. (laughs) Right. Yoda is definitely goofier in this movie than he is in the prequels. Like, I think that my sense is Jar Jar aside that, that in these movies, there is a freeness to feel sillier than exists in the prequels. Yeah. And I don't know, like Yoda's like, a kook i would say early on you and i were joking that maybe it's because he's been in isolation for yeah. so many years now well and it is weird again to watch it in this order and having seen in the, are you like the setup for that it doesn't really jibe with his character in the early movies like there's a little bit of that playfulness in some of those scenes but for the most part he's very serious and it's hard to reconcile like how exactly did he what what is he doing here and i know my a friend of mine gets really angry when she thinks about it in the this perspective because she feels like he's a coward right like he's given up and run away and like that's really that's a hard thing to reconcile with a character who is supposed to be a you know wise great warrior wise jedi master etc is like why isn't he out there fighting why isn't he helping why did he retreat I would say I didn't, I mean, to me, and I thought that, the, I mean, again, not an expert, the the message that I thought was meant to be obvious was that he was ashamed at what he had allowed to happen, like that he hadn't sure, stood up yeah. more to stop things. So he's like, he's put himself in exile, not because he's afraid, but because he's, he's punishing himself. He, he's punishing himself, right. But to your friend's concern, like also potentially punishing the future of the galaxy by not helping folks in need. Like, that's what I really didn't get is, why isn't Yoda going with him? Yeah. Yeah. Like, if he's not equipped to handle it, then don't let him go alone. Right. And it's tougher. I think it's tougher to understand in having seen the prequels than it was in the era before the prequels existed, because you just took for granted he was on that planet for some reason. You don't know why, but there must be a rationale behind it. And so that rationale is never explained And is compounded by the fact that we see like his exit is kind of unceremonious. Yeah. So I think that unfortunately, I think that makes as with so many of his appearances in the prequels, I think it does damage to his character. 
which is unfortunate. So here's here's the part that I'm sad to tell you. I think that my number one, the thing that, that brought me down a little bit with this one was that at times it felt boring. Oh, Lex. I'm Lex, sorry. Lex, Lex, Lex. And I, uh, let me try to explain a little bit more because I was actually impressed, especially early on, because it felt like, not like the movie is in real time per se, but that things are just happening and happening and happening. But then it felt like things were happening, but slowly. <laughs> so New Hope, it felt the same, the same kind of energy. Like you're just in, the, like I commented at the time, that you're in the movie from the beginning, like all your major characters are introduced very early on and the action just keeps propelling forward. And here it felt like there was a little bit more uh, stretching outness. I don't know. Like, I don't know. My objections are things like Lando turns but he's really like a triple secret agent i guess because he's back on <laughs> the good guy side again the rebel side again eventually but he still screwed over on solo pretty early on so i don't really like but like that whole experience took so long as you as they were going to sit down to that awkward dinner which i was really fearful we were gonna have to watch but <laughs> like it was just it was it's i don't know it it didn't feel like it had the same breakneck pace that i think it sort of starts out with it just felt like it, it's i don't know it felt stretched out okay i mean it's it like a rubber band pulled tauter it's not it's not any longer i don't think than the uh the first movie if so it's only it's pretty close within a couple minutes right. of the length that is true for me and i guess maybe it's because i enjoy some of the like chase scenes and stuff like i really love the falcon as a ship i love the chase through the asteroid field for me that's like a highlight I think the writing is very snappy in this one for the most part. It's also very spare. There is not like, this is the movie where I think the movie's like two hours long. There's something like 40 minutes of dialogue in it. It is not a lot of dialogue. I'm a dialogue guy, Dan. I'm a dialogue guy as well too, but I feel like it's done, it's used, it's used like sparingly here and punctuatingly in a way that is kind of snappy and short and a lot of banter, a lot of humor for me anyways. I enjoy uh, character-based stuff. The the asteroid scene you mentioned is a perfect example of what I told you was my fear when we first started out, where I get why it's supposed to be cool, but I don't I struggle and there there's actually quite a lot of this in this one. I struggle with several things. Like one, when you see the shots from the interior, it looks like they should hit all of the asteroids, and I don't understand how they're not. Like I, I just I get trouble with the perspective through the windshield, basically. And then they are hit sometimes, but they're all fine. The ships get hit and they're all fine, with the exception of extras who die. And they're like, Oh well, we used up this whole shield, so we're gonna have to go charge it up again or send all the power to the other shield. Like I don't really I, I understand what they're telling me is happening, but I don't intellectually get what's supposed to be happening because it doesn't make sense to me like they got hit or they didn't get hit and uh, i assume if you fire laser bullets at my ship that i'm dead and they're not (laughs) uh well that's the concept of shields and all that stuff i mean yeah i can understand that i just kind of like I want to. I, I mean, I think I've said this a lot of times, but I can't help but enforce it. Like this is this is a this is my problem. I don't think it's the movie's problem. Clearly, many people love it, but that that's that's my struggle. Is like it's it the some of the drama is lacking because so many of them feel invincible to me. Okay, even the people who lose hands or get frozen in carbonite. I, I think mean, that's why so many people they like- got the hand back. <laughs> Sort of. They better. gave him another yeah. human hand. Well, you know, I, special effects. Uh, I think that that's part of what... It wasn't a special effect. It was his hand. No, they've got that scene where they're looking into his hand with like the like things yeah. that go back and forth. I always thought that was cool as a kid. That was cool. I didn't know how they had done that. 
I think what a lot of people like about this movie is that it is the it's the second act, right? And like this one, I understand the struggle with it as it stands on its own because it feels a so based on what's happening before it, and b the ending is a cliffhanger, and so it can be a tricky movie to take in and of itself because it feels like it's the middle of a larger story, which it is. I think what what I and a lot of people like about it is that it is the movie in which they feel the least invincible to me because lots of bad stuff happens to them all along the way. And that feels very relatable in a way that, you know, other other movies of this ilk, people do seem invincible and seem to succeed all the time. Like there is there's prices paid. There are sacrifices made. All of this stuff, you know, has a cost to it. And so. So Han has a price paid, but what other sacrifices were made? I mean, Luke does lose his hand, and he does... For five minutes, he loses his hand. Like, he spends no time If I replaced your hand with a robot robot hand, you would still be like, crap, I lost my hand. That kind of (laughs) sucks. I think I would have made him spend the rest of the movie with one hand. I mean, he spent the rest of the movie up until the very end with one hand, but, you know, it's pretty late in the movie as it is. Right, that's true. He lost his dad's lightsaber. That was attached (laughs) to that hand. (laughs) <laughs> that, was a, that was a family artifact uh but more to the point i mean and, and again since you had seen the prequels this is sort of taken away as a suspense point but like yeah i don't you know he loses innocence to a certain extent right like True. his whole worldview is shaken by what he has just learned and, and so my hope and i guess this may well be part of what the next movie is about is that like there should be a lesson for him right like oh shit this is why they're telling me <laughs> that uh i should like not work from anger and like this is what they are warning me against becoming now you could also make the argument like they could have told him (laughs) sure yeah yeah i mean there's a lesson in all of it too in the sense of the recklessness because again as we pointed out it is a dumb decision he runs off to help his friends and he ends up getting himself into trouble and it doesn't help him in the end because if he had just not gone then like Lando might have bailed them out and they would have escaped. Maybe Han still would have gotten frozen in carbonate, but like nothing would have like, he didn't improve the situation at all. So is there a lesson for him to be learned in terms of like, well, crap, that was a bad decision. I should not have rushed in and thought that I knew what I was doing. So, you know, you don't get that. You don't get a rationale. You don't get a, a uh, like moral within this other than like sort of what you take away from it. But you know, it's kind of the setup without the resolution part. There was a moment early in the movie, like in the first third, where they said something and I expressed a little bit of confusion to you or surprise and you said that I would understand it more later. Is that later in another movie? Do you remember the moment I'm talking about? Well, I thought it was the one we were talking about where Yoda says to him, like, you know, help them you can, but they would you destroy all for which they have fought and suffered, which is basically to keep Luke out of Vader's hands. And he just like threw himself into their hands. But he didn't destroy all for which they had fought and suffered. I think Yoda overstated it. Maybe, but again, always in motion is the future. So sometimes perhaps he did change it somewhat, but he didn't, he, again, he didn't, he didn't improve their lot. You know, right. he, if anything, he like kind of like cheapened their sacrifice by trying to throw himself <laughs> in their hands and into Darth Vader's hands anyways. If you have some level of immortality as Obi-Wan does, like, shouldn't that make you have less of a fear of death though? If you're a Jedi, like he can still offer advice and hang out with Yoda. Well, maybe. We also don't know how many of the Jedi... Remember, most of the Jedi that we saw in the prequels don't have that. <laughs> so it's it ha- not... It had been invented then. It's not like an automatic thing. Like, once you're a Jedi, you can never die. You can turn into a ghost, except only some of them. 
there are some real problems with the way that that is handled and especially in the ways that they try to retcon in the prequels how that works and as we discussed in i think in the last right. episode we'll get there as we continue a little bit but like there are some problems <laughs> well so i also wonder if i mean i'm fine with cliffhangers it didn't it didn't actually feel that cliffhangery to me right because okay. they escaped and so to me the major cliffhanger that fans should care about is is han solo going to be okay mm-hmm. but setting aside that i know he will be as soon as somebody's frozen and not and, and verifiably alive while frozen there like now i know he's not dead you know so that's another where it feels like it's hinting a drama without much of the drama like my expectation is he will be rescued do you know what I mean? Sure. Like just I, as in terms of storytelling. I think it, I think it's a context thing too, right? Because in the in I think in the era in which this was done originally, that wasn't a thing that you did, right? Like we're we're used to heavily serialized movies and like series, right? Which is in which that kind of thing happens, but in some ways in this era that was a big deal i remember like so i talked to my you know my family all big star wars fans pretty much and was talking to my cousin and she's like oh yeah i remember being like a you know early teens or whatever when this when empire came out and i spent like it's like i was worried i was gonna die before return of the jedi came out and i would know whether or not they saved han solo and it's like i could totally you know i totally dig that like i I think it's we're kind of used to it now because again it's been 30 odd years of this as a like cultural touchstone that has then been turned into something that we see in a lot of movies now but in that in that era i think it was much less common to have that unresolved question like it wasn't like oh we saved him you know at the end of the movie and everything resets right like something was left unresolved before the next movie and so yeah i agree with you that the the drama is a little bit lost in this day and age but i think that contextually it's it it was kind of shocking at the time i'm curious to see if watching the final episode of the original trilogy will give me greater appreciation for this one that we just mm-hmm. watched okay i don't know i get what you're saying it's i, I really feel bad because you i don't have to people, feel bad we can do we can differ our opinions can no, differ I know, it's fine. but like i imagine most people listen to the show and be like oh good he's, he's finally watching these movies like oh now he's shooting over a movie we're like which is not my intent like i i I didn't hate it by any stretch. I I hated some of the prequels, but I didn't I I didn't hate this one. But uh, I don't know. So I'm curious to see. And so I get, one question that I have is why does Jabba the Hut? I mean, I get that uh, is uh, Jabba he owes money to Jabba or he has lost a bet or something to Jabba. So Jabba like is unhappy with Han Solo, I believe. But what good is frozen Han Solo mm, to him? Mm, like I don't quite question. get that. So I'm wondering if that will be answered. Well, you microwave them and then you've got, right. you can eat Hansel for a long time if you keep, no, mm. I don't know. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, it's been set up for a while. It's uh, actually that first, that encounter with Greedo in the cantina is right. all about, he dumped a shipment that belonged to Jabba. So he owes him right. for that cargo. But like, what good does having the frozen him do? Like he can't even get you your money or cargo back. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's all, the same argument at the beginning, right? Like, cause he tells the general he's got to leave cause he's got the death mark. You know, people are hunting for him. And what, right. what, what does it get you killing the guy? Nothing other than like the example of don't, don't screw with Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But so knowing what I've seen now and all those things that I was referencing at the beginning, so that clearly then in uh, Return of the Jedi, they've got to find out their siblings. Uh, we're going to go see Jabba the Hutt. We're going to free Han. By the way, I don't think it's all going to be in this order. And, oh, there was one other thing that I forgot about now that I know of. Oh, they're going to free Han from Jabba the Hutt. Uh, I'm assuming Yoda is back. 
And um, I, I, <laughs> a thing I don't know is, do they kill Darth Vader? I think they do, right? I think that like, his, you see his face, like they get his helmet off and he's not getting the air he needs or something or whatever it is that he breathes and then he's dead too. I think that's what's going to happen, but I'm not, I'm not sure. Okay. All right. That's, those are good, good predictions. Uh, I realize that yeah. it, it is the end of, of one part of the story when we have one movie left after that. Right. Um, I have no idea what that one's about. That's great. I love it. The force has been sleeping and it wakes up. That's yeah, all I know. It hasn't it forced the force was napping. Um, well, you know, this is this is probably my favorite movie of all time, so I'm not trying to take it too personally that you didn't <laughs> oh, like it. It's God. cool. How do you rank uh the other two of the original trilogy? I would say for me it goes Empire probably Star Wars then Jedi, but they're pretty close. I mean it's okay. not Star Wars again, you know. It kind of stands on its That's own in emotion. that it, it defy you know it, def, it defined the whole category, and and so it's hard to put anything as close to that. I just love the story of Empire because I love the richness of the characters and then going into more of their relationships, getting to see the continuing adventures, you know. I I think that it's that's interesting. I, like, for me, that's what it is. For me, I, that's what I really I, enjoy. no. I appreciate that. It's, but when I look at when you look at where Star Wars ends and this one picks up. I think that much of Leia's opportunity to fall for Han Solo has been told and not shown. Like we don't see, like all, with, except for like very surface level, you know, women dig the bad boys kind of trope. Like you don't see her falling for him. You're just kind of told, you know, he says, "Hey, you're sad that I'm leaving because you love me," and she's like, "No, I don't." <laughs> and I'm told that they have developed this rich relationship and then shown it, but like, yeah, it's, it's a, not, there's a I lot of, more. there is stuff that's off screen here and part of it is, and they don't, this is not something that's communicated within the course of the movie, but like it's been several, the, the time lag between this one, between the original star Wars and this is supposed to be like three years like in okay. the, within the universe. So it's been like three years since they blew up the death star. So there have been, adventures in that time that we have not seen and so we're supposed to take away from that that they have all these characters have grown grown closer over that time but it is tough because like you said it's it's told or and then not shown not even told in some places there's like a couple lines here and there that kind of allude to things that have happened off screen but yeah it's it's tougher to to they for me i feel like there is a there is more camaraderie here than there was in the first movie when they all were just meeting and there's sure. like it's established and so for me i like i like that aspect of it that these are all people now who clearly know each other and have worked alongside each other and you know fought alongside each other and we don't have to spend the time like getting to know how they like how they met and all that stuff like this the origin story has been taken care of and so for me it's a little more it's easy to like relax back into it and be like all right these these are people who who are friends and you know fellow fellow fighters so it's i am still confused on what makes leia a princess (laughs) well she was the adopted daughter of a guy who was technically the the king uh, leader of alderaan jimmy smith sounds good jimmy smith was like the head of alderaan and i continue like i watch all of these so far um well all the ones that chewbacca's in working hard to understand why he's your favorite character uh because i want him to be my favorite character but he's not he hasn't earned that yet (laughs) that's okay he doesn't have to be your favorite character i i think the things i like there are some things that are easier let's put it this way i really like han solo and if i had to like see myself as a character it would be han solo and if you saw yourself as han solo 
wouldn't you want a Chewbacca? Like, <laughs> am I your Chewbacca, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> but like, he's a he's a big like he's a big furry guy who's really loyal and you know kind of. I don't know. I just there's something that resonates with me about the whole nonverbal thing. I know a lot of people who really like R two D two, and I you you expressed fondness for R two D 2s characterization yes. in Star Wars, even yes. though he doesn't have you know uh, like a verbal aspect to him. And I feel the same about Chewbacca. I feel like there is there is stuff that I read into it certainly that uh, that I like about him that is not conveyed because he doesn't have dialogue, but like that right. is emotive. He seems to have just like one emotion to me right now. Like he always <laughs> seems like he's upset and panicked. <laughs> uh, but R2-D2 seems to have, to, in my ears, has a wider range of emotion. I, I do like how they... That's I good thought, though. I felt any... he was more expressive in Star Wars than he was in this one, but I still liked him in this one. Okay. R2. And uh, C-3PO remains just annoying. And now they, I think, have fully embraced his annoyingness. Um, I was unsure what the kind of creative decision was beside behind uh handicapping him for much of the movie uh yeah i don't know he's a character that you can blow up and put back together again later and not feel too bad about it right he's not to me he doesn't bother me as much in this movie because his relationship with r2 is a little less like outward yeah it's a little less outwardly antagonistic it's a little more just like frustrated and i think that goes some way to it but yeah he's not 3PO has never been my favorite. I I think he's, I agree, he's kind of on the annoying side. Sometimes it can be a little bit endearing, but yeah, it's mostly kind of irksome. I guess one other thing that I was thinking about is, I think the prequels help understand, to a degree, Darth Vader's evilness. And they certainly, in this one, they show him to be just horrible, right? Even to his minions who are happily, or seemingly happily work for him. Uh, he simply kills them if you don't do well by his standards. Yeah, he doesn't kill anybody in the first movie who works for him. He just, like, threatens to. Right. In this one, he's and actually, he, like, murdering people left and right. Yes, and they have to just keep working over their murdered colleagues uh, when they inherit their jobs, which is interesting. But, and again, I know this is not the point, but if I want to be evil and empire-ish, why obsess over this one guy who I hate so much? Like, can't I just go find what other eviling to do? Like, let, let me go blow up some other planet. He didn't build a new weapon, which was shocking to me. But I, I was, I'm just like, he's perseverating, I guess, because of his familial connection to him. Sure. But it's just, it seems like move beyond this one guy and go do all your other fun evil stuff. I'm surprised by how No, well, I mean, is. like, I think it has to do, clearly it has to do with the fact that he's his son. Right. Uh, and, you know remember that from the continuity what we know you know laid out in the prequels he does not know that he has a kid until basically sometime between star wars and empire strikes back because he doesn't know of luke's existence as of the end of episode three because the emperor tells him that padme died and the child did not survive so okay so he is he is shocked when he finds out at some point that we don't see that oh, the, so at some point in between the movies we've seen, he learns that he that the kid exists. That, that there is a kid running around named Luke Skywalker who blew up the Death Star, and he's like, "That's probably not a coincidence." <laughs> that he's got the same last name. Yeah, as it's not like it's not like Smith, <laughs> right? So right. you know he gets obsessed because he's like, "Whoa, this kid!" And like, keep in mind again the the relationships we've seen of the Sith, which are pretty frequently seem to be there's always so we learned in the prequels there's always two a master and an apprentice and that in general 
The apprentices often seem to be like trying to overthrow the master and become the new master. So they're recruiting like new apprentices. Right. So like there's a lot of infighting. And so we see that here too, right? Because like, you know, the the emperor is like, go get this kid. We we have to might have to kill him. And Vader's like, no, 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 no. We can like we can make him one of us. And the emperor's like, eh, I guess so. But if that doesn't work, we're totally going to kill him. And then when Vader shows up to talk to Luke, he's like, the emperor saw that you're like dangerous. You and I can team up and we can take out the emperor and then we're going to be in charge. Right. So like right. there's always the infighting and the goal, like the overthrowing and all that stuff. But so that's all, yeah. part of the reason that I think he's so obsessed with them. He's like, if I have two of us, then we can take right. out the emperor that makes sense. I just, I just struggle with what does he not have? Like, it doesn't seem. At well, no he lost point, his wife. He lost his family. He lost no, half of I'm his saying, body. I mean, I'm, I'm saying, what what can't he do now? Like, there's no point in the movie in any of these movies where it makes me feel like the emperor actually is more powerful than Vader is. Right? Like, it feels like Vader, whether he does by title or not, has a pretty significant upper hand overall because he's so powerful. He seems mm-hmm. to be the okay. most powerful character. Around. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how you feel going into the next one. I think that's an interesting. That's an interesting observation, but I feel All like right. there's more to more to come on that. Dan, I like many things that you like, <laughs> and I didn't. I didn't hate this movie. I did, didn't hate it. That's, that's the Lex Freeman <laughs> guarantee right there. They put that blurb <laughs> on the outside of the box. Well, <laughs> I think they're doing fine without my support. But <laughs> I am. Uh, I am excited to see the Jedi returning, which mm-hmm. I believe they do in the next one. Indeed, because it, it seems they're, no, to me they're that, not revenging; they're returning. Yeah, they're it's returning. Distinct. It's. It seems to me they're going to win. Like, that's that's my prediction. Uh, who can say? You. I could say that's true, but I'm not going to tell you. Well, so uh, we have two movies left in this sequence because we're going to watch uh, The Return of the Jedi and then The Force Awakens, about which I know nothing. And then I will have seen every Star Wars movie that exists as of this point. And I'll have seen them all with you. That will be great. I look forward to that day, as I'm sure the rest of our, the rest of our listeners do. Where, so where does The Force Awakens rank in your overall hierarchy? Oh, man, it's tough because it is, it is tricky with all the nostalgia factor. I think it's a, it's a good movie. I, I like it a lot. I would put it, I would put it within, in the mix for, that, for the original trilogy. It has, it's not without its flaws, but I think overall there's a lot there, and I... I I think especially, we'll talk about this when we get to it, but having been so long between Star Wars movies, and especially having like waited a long time and then gotten the prequels, everybody's expectations were super low, right? Like, yeah. everyone was like, oh man, this could suck a lot. And it didn't suck, which is surprising. And the fact that it was good on top of that was like extra surprising. Right. <laughs> but it's not without its problems, but I, I, I enjoy it quite a bit. The main feedback I know from that one that I've been thinking about as we watch these is people saying the feedback that I remember the most besides people enjoying it was that people considered The Force Awakens to basically be effectively a remake of the original Star Wars. Mm. That it's like the same storyline, basically. So there, there is some there are definite echoes done pretty much all intentionally, I would say. Right. But it's, you know, it's an interesting it's like it's like a remake slash reboot, which is kind of an interesting <laughs> tactic. Yeah, all right. But you know, having not seen what the middle part of that trilogy is yet, it's hard. I'm super curious to know how that goes because I think this is a movie that's harder to echo. Like Empire is a yep. harder movie to echo because so much of it is built on what comes before it that yep. you can't easily make a like a a cookie cutter copy of it. I think it's easier with Star Wars, which has some more generic sort of tropes and plot devices in it. 
the one in December that's coming out, that's that's going to be like Lando origin story or Han Solo origin story? Uh, that comes out next year. Oh, that's, it, that's not the one coming in December. No, this one is... So there's... Basically, there are two types of Star Wars movies. There's the like saga movies, which are episode one, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all the episode numbers. And yep. then there's basically... They're alternating them with these standalone anthology movies that are like Rogue One... The Han Solo origin. I don't know what if they've mentioned what the next one will be or not. But like these are things that are not part of the main saga. That's why they don't have the crawl. They're not episode in the titles. They're just titled whatever their name is. So the one in December is effectively episode seven. It's episode eight. Force Awakens episode is four, episode four, seven. Four, five, six. Oh, Force Awakens is episode seven. Got it. Got yep. it. Got it. Got yeah. It. So there's an episode eight. There's an episode nine to come, and then there's a Han Solo movie. That now will... the distinction seems a little bit vague because to me. Rogue One really was like episode three and a half. But well, whatever. but I mean, plot wise, yes, but almost none of the characters appear, right? Like, there oh, are no, okay. The, okay. the main right. sequence movies are kind of considered the Skywalker saga. Okay. And that there are no Skywalkers to appear in Rogue One. Got it. So, aside from Darth Vader's brief appearances. <laughs> right. Turns out he's a Skywalker. So, yeah, there's, I mean, but there's a lot that we don't know because we don't really know what's going on in episode eight yet. There's not much has been shown. So, it's hard to get sort of a beat on it from only one out of three movies. Dan, I do have one more thing to admit. Okay. I am your father. What? No! <laughs> That's not true. It runs in the family. That's impossible. It is impossible. Now I'm going to jump off this tall <laughs> ledge. I really thought it would have been fun, though, if he went all the way through that ledge and then popped out the top somehow and was next to Darth Vader again. <laughs> Son of a... <laughs> this tunnel sucks <laughs> son of a you <laughs> all right lex i think we should wrap it up all right dan thanks for listening to this podcast and we'll uh, be back next time with episode six return of the jedi until then keep watching the stars <laughs> good night everybody You know what you call it when he has dessert alone? Flan solo. Yes. It's like we're on the same wavelength. Yes. Please, please I, get me off of it. I knew you would know when I posed the question, <laughs> if that's any consolation. Uh.